religious faith will cause us to want to do things, be civically engaged in a way that desires to bring justice for everybody around us. Ashley and I do a lot of work in the space of wanting to see equality and justice come into our city of Fresno. And we do that because our religious faith drives us to that at a time where we might say, oh, it would be better if we just did something that was personally profitable for us. We don't do that because our faith says, no, we want to see justice. And I'm not saying our faith is the only one that does it, but for us, that is the driver. For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush-for-brains evangelical leaders are trying to, uh, to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb and calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. Okay, let's record. Three, two. Okay, wh- which podcast is this? You have a lot of them. This is this is the Paul and Ashley podcast on nonpartisan evangelical. Oh, okay. Are we recording this? Hey, it's Saturday. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here, and love to see you guys signing on. Thank you so much for joining us. So, Ashley is my wife, and she is a former elected official, two-time mayor of our city of Fresno, works in the Community Foundation, which is local philanthropy. Yeah. Okay. Mayor Ashley. Yeah. Yay. So we talk about religion and politics. So I talked today in our Bible chat, although I'm calling it Bible talk now because this brilliant mastermind, she said, call it Bible talk, T-O-K, Bible talk. Isn't that brilliant? The ideas just keep coming. Isn't that brilliant? My one big political statement in Bible talk this morning was that it was amazing to have a president who saw what was happening in Texas and didn't say, oh, the governor of that state is from another party. So he's going to have to be really nice to me and say thank you a lot for me to help. I know that's odd after the last four years, but no, we had a Democratic president that said, Texas, what do you need? Even while the governor of that state was out demonizing the president's party. So isn't it nice to have a normal president in the United States again? Even if you don't agree with all the policy, just having a normal president that says, oh, there are American citizens who need help. The federal government has resources to help. Let's help and let's not demand the governor bow down to the president to make it happen. And I'm seeing in the chat, uh, the president said he didn't want to visit because of the attention being on him. That's right. And think about all the resources that are required for a presidential visit. It really is a drain. And so I, I respect that that was his decision. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, keep... Keep tuning in. Oh, okay. There's, okay. 
I got you. What? The person who said, I have a ton of family in Fresno. I was just played by saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, totally. Well, tell your family hi for us and uh, tell your family to tune in unless it will incite, I don't know, conflict in your family because Mm -hmm. we find a lot of the people who tune in with us on Saturday morning are struggling right now with relating to family members who are religious and it's, it's creating a lot of pain and strife for them. So maybe don't tell your family to tune in if they're in that camp. Yeah. So Brendan, who is one of our NPE Patreon community members, as well as Carol, are both on YouTube. And Brendan is saying, I can chat again on YouTube. He's from Madison, Wisconsin, where they finally got over 20 degrees today. Oh, balmy. So it's a heat wave there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that because it has been terrifying to, to watch and to consider what people have been going through. Hopefully there's uh, some reprieve coming. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a question box at the bottom of the screen, that box with the question mark in it. So you can put your questions in there and uh, we'll deal with those. Somebody is asking here, isn't there a built-in conflict between politics and a religion since we don't all have the same religion? Yes, that's our point. Uh, in fact, this is a maybe a good time to say we are working really hard to figure out how we expand what Paul is doing on social media. And so we're packaging the things that Paul has found himself doing and trying to figure out like, all right, is this what's helpful for people? So what we've concluded is there are really four things going on with Paul's Bible teaching and social media presence and what he's doing. The first is he really feels strongly about challenging the religious right, because really the presentation of the Jesus of the Bible by the religious political church, in our view, is like the single biggest barrier to people actually encountering the love of God. And so we've, it's been really confusing for people. They've seen Paul, who's a former pastor, be like, gosh, why are you so aggressive with your social media? And it's because we got to move this stuff out of the way. We have to confront it. We have to challenge it to make room for unusual conversations. And that's the second thing that um, Paul is really good at and loves to do, unusual conversations and making space for that. And then the third thing is like his content side and the books and stuff that he writes. And then lastly, he's got um, some good work and personal growth. Anyway. So that's like coaching and stuff and spiritual coaching and different things. So yeah, yeah. we're doing all of that. So is there a conflict between politics and religion? Yes, there is. And There's not. Okay, so the first part of it is yes, and that's why Paul, who comes from the the evangelical church, he's felt called to stand up and say, y'all, we got to stop, push this out of the way. And so that confrontational side is really what I think a lot of people have first started to experience on social media, because that's what you came up strong with. And I say, yes, it does, and no, it doesn't, because this idea of God's plan on earth will work as long as it's partnered with a particular nation and a particular religion is an abhorrent and a particular teaching. Prescript, policy prescription. Right. Only this little pile of policies are sanctioned by Jesus. Yeah. And I saw somebody asked about a church, so we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, if the belief of the Pharisees of the Bible was God's plan on earth could only succeed if done through Israel and the Jewish people and the Jewish religion. And so therefore they needed to purify both their politics and their religion. And so they did really horrible things in pursuit of that. And Jesus came and said, 
you guys are the problem. And so today, in fact, I was looking at that video earlier. I have up, we, we even could show it through Zoom, but the people, the insurrectionists that broke into the Capitol building on January 6th, there's a video from the New Yorker of them praying in the Senate chambers, thanking God for getting them into the Senate chambers and all of that is just horrifying to think that our Christian nationalism that we're calling it now is, is the opposite of what God would do. Now, how they don't conflict is I believe if you truly walk out the life modeled by Jesus, religious faith will cause us to want to do things and be civically engaged in a way that desires to bring justice for everybody around us. Ashley and I do a lot of work in the space of wanting to see equality and justice come into our city of Fresno. And we do that because our religious faith drives us to that at a time where we might say, oh, it would be better if we just did something that was personally profitable for us. We don't do that because our faith says, no, we want to see justice. And I'm not saying our faith is the only one that does it, but for us, that is the driver. So good morning. And like on Saturday mornings, you wake up wanting to talk about this stuff. We do in our household. Yeah. Like we are all the time thinking about culture and community and, and I don't know, just how to be a part of being constructive. And yeah, so we're glad you, we're glad you've joined us. And if you're, if you're wondering what this is, I'm sitting next to old Pastor Paul, former evangelical pastor who has taken to the internet waves to bring. <laughs> was that message. your announcer voice? It was my announcer voice. Take it to the yeah. internet waves. Yeah. I love it. And uh, yeah, confronting and challenging the religious right, creating space for people to have unusual conversations. And then storytelling. Paul does cool stuff on content and like representing the stories of the Bible in ways that are a little more contemporary and fun to follow. And then also some personal growth services that he offers. So anyway, that's what we're doing here. And, uh, well, and, and as you're zooming through that, kind of what we were, we really are trying to figure out what it is that we're doing what's here. What's meaningful to people. Yeah. yeah. Like what, so this would be a nice little. So we could do some, some data research right now. Yeah. Yes. You are the folks, if you're sitting on this page right now, like we consider you're the ones we're trying to support and connect with and would love to get your thoughts. What does support and connection look like for you? What is meaningful for you through what Paul's been doing on social media? Yeah, so we would love for you to comment on what is meaningful in the ministry and the world and orbit of Pastor Paul. What is meaningful to you? What's been helpful in your life? So put that in the comments if we're watching now. You're blocked by the iPad and can't see that my okay. friend Matthew from Virginia Hello, Matthew from Virginia. commented on YouTube and his comment is, your wife is so beautiful. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So truthfulness oh, yeah, is rarity okay. in pastors. Yep. I like that. The humility and relatability is most relatable for me. That's nice. I, I what do you think humility that. means in that? I, oh my gosh, I will tell you, first of all, I'm going to like, this means so much to me right now because 
<laughs> There's another she's really pretty. You're getting lots of compliments today. <laughs> I know. I've always said like these the goal, my goal of life was to walk into a restaurant with my wife one day and people would say, what is she doing with that guy? And so I've accomplished that, which is awesome. Oh, well. Okay. I was nodding my head vehemently, not about that, but because I love this comment from Kristen Russell, who says humility means a lack of pride and agenda. That's everything. So I think humility, first of all, in this season, uh, I can only speak for myself and say, I have been confronted by my ignorance and my lack of awareness of the impact still of white supremacy and culture for sure in the church, but also in broader society. And that has just been so intense and important to, to just be able to be like, oh my God, I've lived my whole life and not understood. And I still don't represent that I do, but being willing to have just a heart of repentance and like really wanting to align with God's heart for, for people and particularly people of color in this season. We've talked a lot about, and, and use like a Christian-y word here, which I've had some pushback on this, but the church, the political church of America, we have got to come into a heart of repentance for what we have partnered with and in the name of Jesus. I think that requires humility, but I've learned that like being humble is so freeing. Mm -hmm. And so it's just being so giving other people space to have a say, to have input, to give you feedback to really to create community and covenant with one another that the relationship is what matters not being right but being in right relationship which i will credit my friend sherry weenhofer for saying that yesterday in the meeting and i'm copying it now yeah i just was having a conversation with some friends by the way the question of do we do church has been asked about three times i think by the same Poor person. So just let me say, yes, we do a Zoom spiritual gathering on Sunday morning. It's it, it's not church, but we do engage in the Christian tradition of communion together and just share life together. So if you go to pastor-paul.com is the website. And if you go to the events contact page, it has the Zoom link in there, or we stream it live on TikTok. The stream is crappy, but some people still seem to enjoy it. So we do it. There's no other way to stream on TikTok, but to point the camera at the screen but yeah, so you can join that on Sunday. But one of the things I was going to say, so humility to me, first off, is I think being willing to say, I don't know the answer and I don't have all the answers. And I think that's where evangelicalism has really failed is we felt like we needed to have answers for everything. And when I, as a pastor, told our church, I don't know everything, but here, let's think about this. That was an affront yeah. to American it Christians. It was unmooring. Is, yeah. that, is that a word? Unmooring. Yeah. Like it started to pull the bolts up out of, you know, people's We worlds. We really want def- definitiveness. And so they, are gay people going to heaven? Yes or no? You know that. And, and I want to say, yeah, it all depends on your relationship with God. And none of it depends yeah. on your sexuality or gender or any of those things. It's all outside of that. But not knowing exactly what heaven or hell might look like was just an affront to people. They needed an answer. And so I am, I think humility for us all is to say, if I have to have an answer, I will settle for a bad theology. I will settle for a bad theology over a real God. And I was involved in a conversation this week with some people and they were, hey, we're doing this thing on Sunday. What are our beliefs? How are we going to define our beliefs? And I'm like, whoa. 
Mm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Once you start doing that, mm-hmm. what you know, what are our non-negotiables? That's when you start rallying around a belief rather than around each other. Well, I believe. Can I want to? I actually want to spend some time talking about how you're processing through whether or not we're like doing a church or whatever. Yeah. I want to. I think that's a really important topic, and we could benefit from people's feedback on that. But before we do that, because I think that's like a whole chapter. I've seen a lot of comments, a couple of comments of people saying, how do we show grace for people who supported? Oh, here it is in the chat box. How do we show grace to angry Trump supporters? Yeah, we're looking at the question box. And then, and then also dear friend who supported the insurrection. How do I stay in relationship there? And I, I constantly come back to that question in my, in my own heart because I can bring the case Oh my Lord, I can bring the case again. I can chapter and verse as to why it's just nonsense what all that stuff is piled up on. And then I also feel like, but I don't want to just throw out the judgment. I mean, I do, but (laughs) I don't want to just do what the other side is doing to people who don't believe like they do. Right. So I ask this like every Saturday. I know we end up on the same topic every Saturday. I think there is a time to say something is wrong. Uh, that, yeah, that, yeah, see, where yeah. we, what I yes. see happening a lot yes. is these false equivalencies. And so what the evangelical church is so good at, we're all sinners. It was the justification for Donald Trump, right? Well, even King David sinned, but no, King David had a pure heart. He yeah. sinned, yeah. but his heart was pure. And so the, so you can judge the actions of people. Judge not lest you be judged. No. Yeah. We can judge the actions of people and not judge who they are as people or whether they're going to heaven or hell or all yeah. those are God's judgments. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but but you will they will know you by your fruit is what the Bible says. So you can judge the actions of people and say that action is wrong. Now, where we keep our heart pure, then Rush Limbaugh passed away this week. I believe Rush Limbaugh has done more damage to the culture of the United States and the Christian church, maybe than any single person on earth. I think he did something atrociously terrible. And many people on my page have been saying, thank God Rush is dead. Mm. And I think once you go there, then you've let yourself go into some territory where you're starting now to judge what God is judging. So for me, it's like, all right, I want to feel empathy for Rush suffering cancer down to the end, his family that has lost him. Feel empathy while still saying what he did was terrible and not build some false equivalency with we're all sinners. No, what he did was specifically terrible and destructive, but that doesn't mean I rejoice over his demise. Okay. I also want to say this. You, Something I've learned from you is... I'm a hard time looking at the camera because I want to just look at the screen because I'm talking to this guy right here. You have helped me understand that my feelings are important, that I don't need to shut down and shut off. And I can feel sad. I can feel grieved by what I see happening on January 6th. I can, I can be honest and truthful about the pain of that and the hurt of that. And still create space for a supporter of the insurrection to walk their journey back to the God of truth. 
and want that walk to happen and not believe that it is my view of the situation, quote, my judgment that is going to accelerate or not that person's journey. In other words, I can have my space where I feel this way. I can be honest about that. I don't have to hide it. I don't have to mask it. And me feeling this way doesn't mean that a, you know, that the, that the person on the other side, let's say the insurrectionist that I, like, I can want them to move forward. Like, I don't need to put on them. Like you are always this condemned, horrible person. Does that make sense? Right. I can want that for them. And then I, and then if it's a family member or a close friend, we, we talk a lot about boundaries on Saturday mornings and honest conversations. I, oh gosh, this is really hard. This is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the longest pause that we have That's had okay. in a year. That's okay. I think sometimes it's worth just sitting and, yeah. and thinking. So I want to show this video and I'm trying to think of which one, the one of them, of praying, the, them the, praying in the Senate. Oh Lord. It's so grievous. It's so grievous. Let's see. Now everyone's going to want to see it. I know. And I don't know if I can show it on TikTok. You'll be able to hear it. I think if you can turn that speaker up right there, Ben. So let me, how, how long is it? It's just a few. It's not very long at all. But let me see if I can find it to make sure. <laughs> our cameras are in front of our screen, so it makes it a little bit tough. Um, okay, you guys. Hang in there hang with in us. Hang in there. All right. And maybe put it up in the chat. Could we do that in put, case put people, it up in the chat? The link to it in case people can't see it. Okay. I hope that's not going to be. Oh too yeah, Great. Kristen is saying, please don't show it. It's triggering. I know. I know. So. I don't know. He says he wants to play it. So now they're going to pray. They're in the Senate. They've broken into the Senate chamber. Now they're going to pray. some of you asking why we're watching that and I understand why you're saying that let me stop the sharing there okay because like we said we need to be clear-eyed and honest about what we're seeing go on in our country 
so that we can we, we can judge the fruit of what's happening. Because one of the things I think that needs to happen right now is Christian people need to stand up with their voice. We've heard it from some of our friends in, in the communities of color in our neighborhood. We need white people to stand up and say, this is not okay. And so what's stunning for me and why I wanted to play that is that prayer is so in line with sort of the form of prayer that it happens in our tradition of Christianity. Those are our people that have broken into the Capitol building, threatened the lives of the Vice President of the United States and the Speaker of the House, and are now thanking God for getting them in there and thanking God that he hates and then very, you know, then says the other people are communist and traitors and all of these things that people who disagree with them are these things. And so I think it's just important that we as a community start to say, guys, that stuff is not okay. And when my God's name, the God that I know, Jesus that I follow, that those names are used to do those things. It is imperative that I stand up as a follower of Christ and say, that is not okay. That's not okay. So anyway, I think what we're talking about is, can I have grace for the guy in the, yeah, the, the horns? The one, the Chewbacca onesie. <laughs> yet still say, guys, that is horrifying. Uh, any To me, any Christian pastor that's not saying that's, are we for or against that right now? Is yeah. not hearing the voice of God somehow in the season. Okay, so we're yeah. pulling a couple of threads together here. And the first is, we were just talking about this space that is old Pastor Paul. And what are we cultivating? And obviously having a, a lot of people question why Paul is so aggressive in calling out what we're seeing in, in videos like that. And our response is, because we need to confront that mm. in a spirit of humility and honesty and truth. And we need to let the light shine. And we, and people who have been leaders in the white evangelical church, whether we went to churches that were really far into the political stuff or not, it's got to be our voices that are raised. It's our foot in the door. You know, stop that, swing it back the other way so that people can walk forward in a different direction. And uh, Anyway, so that's, but I think the, the message of humility around that, answering my own question of like, how do you continue to have a, a heart of grace towards people who were seeing the comments about, oh my God, these people, how could they do that, et cetera. Being able to be truthful about how painful, how wrong, how unjust it is, what happened there does not mean that we don't want those people to walk out of the place where they're at. We right. don't want them to be in that place permanently. And I think that's the difference. I once heard that like condemnation is attaching, per assigning permanent blame and shame to someone. So if I condemn you, I'm saying, I never want you to not be that person that you right. are right there right. in the Senate chambers, praying that I, ne I never want you to be free from that that's a pretty nasty attachment for me to put on someone. Yeah. So, and that's, that becomes then I have to spiritually hold that justice rather than saying, yeah. okay, God, I'm going to give you the justice of this. And I'm going to you know, demand our leaders go after justice for these people, but not have hatred in my heart. Jesus 
told the Pharisees, you guys have heard it say, don't murder. You know your laws. You're so good at understanding your rules, but you don't understand that if hatred is in your heart, that's just as bad. That's just as much a violation of relationship with God and man. So I can find, I can say, I want justice for them. God will handle his justice with them and he may have grace for them. The justice system will handle their justice for them, but I'm going to keep my heart pure in the middle of it. So it's a real tension. And then at the same time, because part of our job is protecting people who are like, hey, how do I walk out of this and still have have faith? Because what we're seeing is people saying, so do I have to leave my faith because I don't agree with this political religion? And we're wanting to protect you and say, no, you get to love Jesus. Are you looking at my hands? I'm saying this versus this. You get to love Jesus and not have to be those people in that Senate chamber. I'm telling you, they're wrong. They're wrong. That's not what God requires of us. And they are actually following a God that's been created by human beings, not the God of the Bible. And I see... Kristen's comment about trying to keep her own heart pure by seeing the mindset of the people we, and we hear that a lot. Like, yes, we hear that a lot. And we have heard from people who are angry. They are, they love God raised in the church, live a surrendered life to him. And they are so angry at what is being done in the name of God. Last week, you even said, like, I'm tired of being outraged. That yeah. That was a really, yeah. that's your humble, authentic raw statement yeah. right there. Well, yes, yes. And I'm talking about people who are, like, I would say mine's more like a fatigue. Like, I can, I'm going to rebound. So yeah. it's, I'm saying there are people who are really angry and upset and hurt. And what's going on is, they feel so guilty for being so angry about what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why we have to openly talk about that was wrong. Everyone, that was wrong. People who are in that wing of political stuff or in that wing of Christianity, we have to, if we suppress, if we look the other way, if we act, oh, they didn't really mean it or given it the, approach it it's really damaging to people so we do have to, we we have to stand we have to we have to be vocal about how that was unjust and not right it doesn't represent god it doesn't represent jesus and then we have to we have to ultimately look to god for justice yeah so somebody asked like guilty about being angry yes 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 because also in the evangelical church we are all taught to you can never have a bad thought. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, Paul, something that you've really done a lot of work in and brought a lot of healing, certainly to me and to other people, is it's okay to feel. It's okay. You don't have to be judging yourself that you're, you know, that you're just feeling what you're feeling. You get to be honest about it. You know? And yeah, because if that anger is starting to impact you, then if you're trying to create some justice with somebody else to the point that starts to impact you physically and spiritually, spiritually and physically, then that's not healthy for you. I agree. And it's, I think ultimately the thing is 
be on being honest about it. Right. And for me, journaling is really important. It's a way for me to slow down the thousands of trains of thought that run in my head all the time and, and write it out. And I personally, as I do that, I write, like I write letters to God, essentially. I'm praying. I am saying, God, I feel exactly this way. And these are thoughts that no one has ever, like, I have to burn them before I die. (laughs) (laughs) They're my real thoughts. In the Bible talk this morning, T-O-K, brilliant Bible talk, (laughs) T-O-K. If you have to spell it, it's not that clever. When they see it in writing, it's cool. But yeah, journaling is very helpful. And I was um, talking in the Bible talk this morning about, and so we read Psalm 13 together, which was probably written by David in one of the lowest of the low times of his life, when his own son was trying to overthrow him as king. And, And he writes and just says, why are my enemies prevailing and I'm not? It's just this really raw, God, you suck Psalm. Yep. And it's okay. I think God has come to me. Bring, sorry about this, guys. Bring your shit. Let's walk through your shit together. Yeah. And and God's okay with that. And why is a pastor saying shit? And we'll make God, fertilizer out of it. It'll yeah. be the source of growth. <laughs> so the Psalms show us, and then but then it ends with, but you are my hope, and I'm going to come back to that. By the way, we have a YouTube commenter from Sinaloa. Oh, fantastic. It says, Carlos, member of the Sinaloa cartel. Are you really from the Sinaloa cartel? Because I actually just watched Narcos just a few months ago. And, or does that mean something else? Viva los cartelos. Surely okay, not. I'm not sure we want to be in. <laughs> I, I don't really know what that is. Well, Let's like take a break, take a beat on that one. Uh, but God bless you. Well, it just cracks God me up because I watch Narcos and I know and I so know a lot about the Sinaloa cartel from that show now, which LOL. probably is not in exactly L-O-L. Much okay. So anyway. Sinaloa, somebody's asking what it Sinaloa cartel was a was a drug cartel in Mexico that did a whole bunch of terrible things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm pulling really, us back. I am. And I'm really appreciating the the thread that I feel like is the common theme of what we've been talking about for the last half hour. We started by saying, hey, what's what is helpful to you with what Paul is doing with old Pastor Paul social media? Because we're we're actually trying to uh, structure a platform and be even more bold and try to increase um, the visibility of what he's doing. Obviously, we've dedicated our lives to this stuff. We think it's important. We want it to grow. And so we were hoping just to get feedback. And the first thing that we heard really loud and clear from you guys was, that you value humility and honesty and that old pastor Paul is a space where you feel like that's, that is valued. And uh, so that's interesting because JLD Barnett on YouTube, who I think is our friend, Julie, Julie, she says, I think the other guilt factor that comes up is that we are often taught to never question church leadership. Mm. If they are for it, live with it mentality of evangelical mindsets. Yeah. 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 And so then we, so we ended up, you guys named that, that the space for humility and honesty means a lot to you. And then we had 25 minutes of honest talk about how a lot of people are struggling with how do they hold their feelings around what happened with the insurrection, with the political right, family members, friends, et cetera. And what I'm really appreciating is, and I think this is progress in our journey as society today is we're trying to get to that point where we're like, how do we get through this? 
And I think a lot of what you're saying is we have to name it. We have to be honest about it. And that doesn't mean we're putting permanent condemnation on the people who were at the Capitol. It just means we have to put a post in the ground and say that wasn't right. And, yeah. and we want different for you. We want better for you. We want you to come out of that. Wow. So Carlos is saying I'm an active member of the Sinaloa cartel, but that doesn't mean I'm like from a TV show. I, I live normal life. Okay. Okay. I'm wondering if like, this is a whole new chapter <laughs> of our, we, well, we happened with all I'll that. just tell you, Carlos, let's say I love if people yes. from our Mexican friends yes. from south of the border are watching. And so bless you. Glad welcome. you're here. Welcome. Welcome. Glad you're here. God Please don't you. kill people in drug Oh, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Well, he's saying he's from the Sinaloa cartel. I, not... I, I don't even, I just, okay. I just think we should stop. So one of the things I wanted to share is I, I was in a, a meeting of evangelical leaders this week, and we've talked about this some, is that we're crafting a letter that's going to be released this week saying, hey. I think we're being punked too. I'm are we sorry. being punked? Okay. <laughs> I think we're, I we are like really vulnerable. Um, <laughs> like, what is the word? We're gullible. We're just like, what? So, yes. But it, so we did have... We've met a, a famous worship leader from the vineyard in here and true. then also had a reality TV star. That's true. Repost one of my, video, my TikTok videos. So it it, listen, be. we want old Pastor Paul to go far. And I want Rosie so. O'Donnell to do at one of my videos on TikTok because hmm. she's got a huge following and she's trying to help people grow their TikTok. So oh. come on, Rosie. Okay. Come on. All right. We can start come a on, petition. Rosie. Free Pastor Paul, right? Yeah, free Pastor Paul. So anyway, we're so we're going to release a letter asking Christian pastors to denounce Christian white Christian nationalism. But in line with kind of what we're talking about is they were letting people share kind of their thoughts on it. And I didn't say anything because I'm nobody in this group. But they asked this one guy, they said, you know, you were a, a lead pastor and you led in your denomination for 45 years. Share your wisdom with us. And, and I'm sharing this because this is a little bit of a like pat on my own back, because I've been saying for a while, I don't think the evangelical church in America is savable anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's done. Yeah. I think it is past redemption, although God can do anything other than the God. And so this 45 year lead pastor of this church and denomination said this week, he's, that's not turning guys. We've got to go and look for what's new. Mm -hmm. And so a little bit of what we're doing here with pastorpaul.com and the nonpartisan evangelical podcast is okay, God, what does the church yeah. look like going forward? If this old church has taken us to places where leaders can't be questioned, there can't be humility, we can't wonder about our faith and ask hard questions, then how do we break out of that and go to something new? And part of that this week was my conversation with friends going, Guys, I get really nervous when we start saying, what is our statement of faith? Because immediately that becomes an otherizing process. If you believe this, you're us. If you don't believe it, you're not. Yeah. And, and I think that is a mistake. So anyway, that's, that's what we're talking okay, about. Okay, so to clarify, no, Paul didn't pastor for 45 years. Not me. I was quoting another person. Yeah, but we, you, we were both in the I was evangelical a senior pastor church. for 10 years and we've been in, in lay church we, leadership yeah i was born into it that. i'm 48 my dad was a pastor in a baptist church started his own independent um, evangelical church i we yeah we've logged 
I've logged 47 and a half years in that environment. And I think the reason that's important is because, again, people are throwing out these false equivalencies. You have to love your brother and you... But no, we can, Jesus demonstrated that if the religious system has gone awry and is now harming humanity, so to speak, we can say this cannot stand, this cannot last. And thank you, Therapies, for telling us again the Canadians love us. Toronto, she said that we're spreading like wildfire in their church in Toronto, which we think is like the coolest thing ever because I've said a lot on how impacted. We have been, our lives totally impacted by the Toronto blessing. Mm-hmm. Still listen to the worship music from that era. God has, I've just been drawn to that season. And so whatever has go, been going on in Toronto for a long time, we are grateful for that. We are even going to maybe start saying a boat on this Saturday morning thing. Ha-ha. Is that how it goes? A boat. A boat. That's how, don't you think every Canadian is tired of that joke that Americans, I think they probably that Americans that, yeah. joke about that? And, and something about maple syrup. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. a, we have a British Columbian in the house. Yay. Nice, nice, nice. Welcome, you guys. Okay, so I wanted to also spend a few minutes, and I know we don't have probably a lot more time. Does our church have a website or YouTube? I think they're talking to therapies there and asking if her church has oh, a website. Oh, gotcha. Oh, perfect. Yes, yeah. we'll put that out there if, if you'd like can share it for folks who are... Therapy says she does not say a boat. Okay, but do you... She says we're tired of that joke. Sorry. I will stop using it then. Okay. So anyway, so Sunday mornings, you do these gatherings, right? Um, Right. You have... uh, Spiritual gathering. Spiritual gathering. You have Zoom. So if people want to come in and actually be able to talk, it's not a webinar format. It's like you're in the Zoom room and people are talking to one another and then you also go live on TikTok with those for some people who want to watch, but maybe they don't want to be right in the Zoom or don't have time to be on for the whole hour. Right. Okay. It's growing, right? You've got maybe on Zoom 40-ish people or so who are starting to gather and you're starting to have people ask this question. Hey, hey, old Pastor Paul, are you my pastor? And that kind of hit you like a ton of bricks this week. Yeah. Do you want to say more about that? Are you ready to talk about that? Mm. I don't know. What should I say? I think it's probably... <laughs> you can see we're, we're always processing live here together with you guys right now. Paul has turned me into an external processor. I'm actually an introvert, but to keep up with him, I like have to like dialogue all Everything the time. comes out of my everything mouth all comes the time. Oh my gosh. Paul, some of you may not know that before pastoring a church, Paul was a longtime sportscaster. Now, you might not be surprised to hear that because he's got these golden radio voice pipes. He started doing radio when you were, what, 16? 16, yeah. You did radio for over 30 years, play-by-play, baseball, football, a, a daily talk show on the ESPN affiliate in the Fresno three hours market. A day. Th- talk three hours a day. Then planted a church, taught. The guy is talking all the time. If you're married to a play-by-play guy, everything in life is like getting a call. <laughs> Driving down the street is like, da 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 look at the woman over there. Oh, what do I <laughs> Oh, my Lord. So anyway, this introvert has had to adopt and become um, <laughs> very verbal. Somebody's wanting to know your Meyer Briggs. Gosh, it's been a while since I've yeah. done it. It was... It was influencer. I I don't remember the letters. Hi, hi. Right? Is Myers Briggs? No, no, that's, that's disc. disc. That's You're talking disc. disc. Myers Briggs. I was 
influencer was one of the big ones I remember. It was like ETFJ or something like that, but I'm sure that's wrong. I'd have to go back and look, but it ultimately was like influencer was the the word I think it used or, or, or ENJP. That may have been it. That may have been it. That looks very familiar. Someone has cracked the code. And ENFJ. So I'm, I'm on the disc, high D, high I. Almost no, no. C whatsoever None. and very little S. Absolutely not. So I just, <laughs> I'm like, everything is coming out of my mouth and when it's in my brain. And, and so to your question. Yeah. So the term pastor is a really misused term. Someday I'm just going to do a series on all the do things it. that we totally like misuse things in the Bible, go and sin no more, probably the most misused verse in the Bible. The poor you will always have with you, extremely misinterpreted. And so pastor is another one. The, the Bible actually only uses the term pastor twice in the entire Bible. And in the American church, we've made the pastor the leader of a church because the American church, and maybe it's the Western church as a whole, has become all about how can I get my needs met in the church, when the church was never supposed to be a place where my needs get met. The church was supposed to be a place where, in Hebrews, it says, how do we irritate one another towards good deeds, is what it actually says. How do we inspire and encourage and agitate one another? towards good deeds. So the church is supposed to be a place where we rally to go out. And the church became a place where we gather and kept out. And and so the pastor got elevated to the lead because a pastor means shepherd. It means the person that takes care of the flock. But the pastor was never supposed to be the leader of the church. The pastor's never been the leader of the church anywhere in the Bible. The apostle is the leader of the church. And so in Acts chapter two, we see the apostles saying, hey, there's this need and this battle happening amongst these different groups in our church. So let's appoint elders or pastors to take care of those needs so that the apostles can continue doing their work of hearing from heaven and teaching and all of those things. I go by the TikTok pastor because pastor is a term we understand in America and gives some context of what we do. But pastoring, like meaning sit down with me and let's have coffee together and let me get to know you so that yeah. I can have you meet my needs. That's not my gift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an external processor, not a listener. So am I a spiritual authority on TikTok and in these gatherings? And by authority, I don't mean to trigger somebody into, I'm going to impose rules on you, but a spiritual authority as somebody who gets to say something for you to consider and think about and wonder if this is something God would have you consider for change in your life. Yes. Very long way of saying, yes, I'm that. But am I your pastor who shepherds you, leads you into greener pastures and meets your needs if one is missing and the 99 are there? Not exactly. And I, and the reason I say that is because I don't want to set up false expectations of what I'm doing and what my gifts are. So anyway, long, long answer. And I don't know what that means. No, that's, I think that's really well said. And um, thank you to someone who recognized our dog in the background. Yes. He's getting his, he's getting his shot right now. He's a fixture in these Saturday morning things. Okay. Uh, So I think that was really well said. And I think 
as we think about like, how do we create a stronger foundation for old pastor Paul, for you to be, to be heard? Obviously you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. We wouldn't be committed to this if we didn't think it was important for, for community and for society. So it's for us, it's our, it's our advocation and our vocation. Yeah. All right. So what does Paul do? He is willing to challenge the religious right and create space for people to have unusual conversations. And in challenging the religious right, it's what it looks like is Paul saying, hey, you guys that are doing this thing in the name of Jesus and that are quoting, taking one verse out of context and saying, this is why we believe this way. This is why we're storming the Capitol. So we're, we have okay. a question from Pam about how to log on for the Sunday morning gathering. Do you want to say that again? Or yeah, pastor-paul.com is the website. Um, that'll take you to my podcast website. And then if you go to the events slash contact page, it has the Zoom link in there. Or you can just tune in on TikTok. We point the camera at the screen and it's really a low quality production, but it's all TikTok will let us do. So. You know, I told Paul this morning, like someday as we were just logging on and pushing go live on our little screens here and like literally the whole thing fell on us at the same time. And we just feel like everything here is like duct tape and bailing wire. We can look back on these days and really laugh about the fact that we were connecting with people all over the country with all these little devices and kind of our podunk way of doing it. So thank you for valuing this time and space together. And, and we really love connecting with you guys. Yep. Okay. So, so somebody was saying they appreciate our beliefs, even though they have different beliefs. And, uh -huh. and I think that's part of what we're trying to build is a space where there can be a, a form of evangelicalism, or I call post-evangelicalism, where we can say, you get to believe differently, and I don't get to choose whether God likes you or not because of, of the beliefs that you have. And again, that's why I'm, I get very resistant when we start saying, okay, do we believe in the virgin birth, yes or no? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think those are issues we divide over, and I know that freaks people out a lot. But I want to be a place where we ask the question of, huh? Why do only two Gospels talk about the virgin birth and nowhere else in the New Testament it ever mentions at one time? I want to be able to ask questions like that when before in the church, if you start asking any questions like that, people are like, oh, you're asking dangerous questions and you might have to leave us if you keep asking dangerous questions. But then how can all use a term like pastor for you? And that's from Kristen. Because I... Rather than being a definer of who I am, I want it to be a place to give people context of what I do. We understand pastors yeah. are talking in this religious space, so that's why I use it. And then if people call me pastor, I understand as, as, as an honor. It's you know? like it's like an identifier, you know? Yeah. And it's just a way to quickly signal really your background is the way I would say it and think about it. You yeah. Know? So I, I think it gives people a context to say, hey, he's a leading voice in this religious space, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than just Paul being some guy. And yeah. so then, like I used to be resistant to people calling me Pastor Paul when I was leader of a church. And I just yeah. really felt in my spirit that there was like, but, but people want to give you this honor by using this title for you so that it, it, it gives you some space to speak into their life. And so... 
I'm not going to take that honor and that, that space away. So I hope that yeah. makes sense. And I, and Kristen's that adding on to say, you can't help but think that there's hurt by that term and the way and a hundred percent, but also maybe that is a good reason to keep making the reference because if this can be a different space in a different environment, maybe there's healing in that, but I, I get it. I get the conflict. I do um, too. But I, yeah, I think there's a space to redeem some things and it's like, some of the churches where we get some of our worship music that we have loved in the past have gone off track with this right-wing evangelicalism thing. And so we had to decide, do we get, do we get to, do they get to steal it from us? Do we, are we going to let that steal the music? So by the way, Robbie Zacharias was not a pastor. So I, I, I am, you know, I am, sorely disgusted by the Robbie Zacharias thing and, I, and, and find that ironic because Robbie Zacharias's teachings were used to confront me on several different occasions in my life. And so there's a part of me that wants to go, there brothers and sisters, that is, there's the guy you were attacking me with all those years ago. But then I have to keep my heart pierced and I wrestle back on it. Okay. So we've been talking for like an hour or more. Yeah. We could go on. I swear, we literally could sit here all day talking to you guys. But I'm guessing you might be ready to move on with your day. What do you think? We do We do have some fun plans this afternoon. Yeah, we do. We are going to take a little drive. We're going to go up to our neighborhood lake. And we're going to have a little picnic because we didn't really celebrate Valentine's Day last weekend. So we are doing something fun today, which is nice. We have, and... and so grateful we have some nice weather all right so let's just maybe recap just a little bit so we started with what is this space meaning for you and that kind of took us down this path of this is a place where you can have honest and humble conversations where that's valued oh you want us to pray yes let's definitely pray thank you for asking about that and also went into the space of how do we react to people we know that were supporters of the insurrection, family members who still believe in the Trump stuff, whatever, and then dealing with the guilt of wanting to judge that. And so that was a kind of nice little package of conversation. Hopefully we process some of that through pretty well. And then talking about like, we're being asked, is Paul my pastor? We're doing these gather, creating space for people. I like the way you said that creating space for people to have to develop relationships and that's really what um, this time means for us. And it's funny because even though we just see little chats from all of you, it's like you really do get a sense of connection through right. through this virtual platform. So we, we're getting we, to know like, Kristen, who we just love, even though we've had one phone conversation in our life. Therapies, who comes on Beige Forty Five. Southern Draw Dim, my friend Andy. And then, oh, I forgot to tell you, there's a young lady named Molly. It's molly.hu, and Molly's 15 and oh. comes and joins every weekend. Sweet. So we Bless just her. love you being here, Molly. With yeah. Us. So let's do pray. Let's pray real quick, and then we'll sign off for the week and see folks tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. Just thinking about what to pray for. 
Yeah. Kristen says, it's been so amazing to create relationship with you both. And it's funny because I have boomers who say, you cannot build relationship through online thing, even though like half of our marriages in America now come from online dating and relationships. I think we're building some version of intimacy here. And yes, after COVID, maybe we'll all find ways to be together someday, but Kristen's in Georgia and we're here, but we can still love each other and build relationship through all of this. So yeah, we just say, take these words to our hearts. Pray for some of my best friends in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, some of my best friends are online. It jumped there. Yeah, hey guys, pray for us in Austin. Yeah, yeah Texas. Yes, yes. Texas, yes. even though you are so mean to us in California on a regular basis, <laughs> we pray for you today from California. We understand that things happen. That was, it. That was kind of mean that you said that. Okay. All right. Glad I found you, isolation, stroke, survivor, and depression. So yeah, you want to pray for Austin? Yeah. All right, Lord, I do pray. I do pray that you would send supernatural resources for people who are dealing with this storm. God, I pray for every person who's working to secure the power to fix the damage. God, I pray you would multiply their efforts. I ask that, that you would write the situation and we just agree with what you want, God, for the people in Texas. We want to be in agreement with you. You don't want people to suffer. You don't want them to be without power, without water. So we stand in agreement with you, Lord. Yeah. I, and I just, man, I just bless all the people who are out there working to help people, God, give them strength, give them more of what they need, resources-wise, extend their efforts, God. We need you. We just acknowledge that we need you. Yeah. We just pray for peace over these households, for the weather to warm up, and for good things to happen. Yeah. Yeah, we just thank you for the people who tuned in today. You know them by name, God. And we just pray that your mercy and your blessing would extend to them. That they would experience your love today. And that people would connect with you, that they would connect with how you see them, how you love them, who you have made them to be. Somebody had asked earlier if we can ever play these back. I think TikTok is starting to preserve these for 90 days, but I don't know if that means only I can see them or somebody else can, but we do save them on YouTube and then we turn them into podcasts. So if you want to sign up for the nonpartisan evangelical on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get podcasts, you can get them through there. We usually have them up by Monday or Tuesday. And you can always go to YouTube and watch them there. So, and love that our YouTube people are able to comment again today. 
<coughs> and please feel free to just direct message Paul if there are things that you would like prayer for. Because I do love to pray for people. And Patreon. Yeah. And you can sign if you want to support what we're doing here, building out this platform, you can go to Patreon. You can also find the link on Paul's website, Pastor Paul da- pastor-paul.com. Click on Patreon. We've got people signing up for $5.99 a month, which every time we see the little thing come on that says we got a new subscriber, we're like, yes, $5.99 a month. That means a lot to us. And it helps us do what we're doing and build out what we're trying to do. But feel free to send, yeah, send prayer requests. Paul will shoot them to me and just, I really enjoy praying for people. So I'd be honored to do that. And Belinda says, thank you for today. I found you on all the platforms over on YouTube. And Carol says, praying for your heart and your son, Ashley and Paul. Yes. We're talking in Bible talk about our son's knee injury. Pray that our son's left knee does not have a torn meniscus. You're tapping on your right knee. I know because it's the one that's right here. (laughs) I'm like this kid. Just got him over hip surgeries, and now he's got something going on with his knee, and he loves baseball, and he wants to play. And spring is coming, and he's going to be able to play. So, great for him. All right, guys. Good hanging out with you today. Love you all. Thank you for your feedback and your questions and comments. And we just love hanging out with you. Take care, you guys. Have a good week. All right. See you tomorrow morning. <laughs>